Next on BYU Sports Nation, a revised best-case scenario for the 2017 BYU football season. The voice of the Cougars and Calgary Flames fan, Greg Rubel, joins us with a stat that matters. Plus our two-on-one with the new BYU backup quarterback, Joe Critchlow, and four ranked teams on campus. Big deal or no deal? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, October 11th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in. Thank you for joining us. I am Spencer Linton, alongside the Cleveland Browns' next starting quarterback, Jerem Jordan. Just because Deshaun Kaiser leads the league in interceptions or is close doesn't mean that the six foot, one hundred seventy pound quarterback, me, is going to be on that list with your boy Ty Detmer. Oh, it's Kevin Hogan now, Jerem. Oh, it's Kevin Hogan of Stanford <laughs> fame. Deshaun Kaiser is a thing longest, of the past. Longest now. release ever. It is Kevin Hogan and then Jerem Jordan. The Browns stink, man. <laughs> One one time you, one time you discussed a guy that couldn't make the Browns as being elite. Hey, I love there. I love that guy. Don't don't go there, he man. Couldn't make the Browns. Do bro. not on. go there. I love that player. Well, what is making the Browns like? Make the fifty-three man roster. Yeah, because he practice made squad, the practice squad. squad ain't no thing. He well, made he the practice stick squad. On the practice squad, bro. <laughs> I you know what he's doing though? He's doing bigger and better things now with his life. It's not all about sports, nation. (laughs) There are bigger and better things, baby. Yes, like Cosmo going viral next level. Like we talked about this yesterday, and we saw it evolve over the weekend. Cosmo's dance during a timeout against Boise State. Like it honestly has now gone internationally viral. How about Maria Taylor of ESPN <laughs> tweeting out a picture of her being held by Cosmo the Cougar and then referencing the dance? Clearly everyone is just catching on to the fact that Cosmo the Cougar has got sauce, but he's taking hashtag my boo. That's a picture from the 2015 <laughs> Missouri game at Arrowhead Stadium. Cosmo's taking over, man. Washington Post, uh, CBS Morning News yesterday. Wow. Who, who would have thought that the top two stories out of BYU this year would be two non-sports stories? Caffeine on campus and Cosmos dance. How about that? We have arrived at that place. Yeah. I know. You need Hail Marys to make those. I know. I know. And how about a shout out to the Cougarettes? Okay? Because they're the they're lost no party. They are the lost yeah. party in all of this. Like, Cosmo is amazing. Like, we get it. We understand that. But the Cougarettes are the ones that choreograph that. They practice it. They design all of it. And then they teach it to the mascot. But ultimately, who dances gets all the cred. But the Cougarettes are right there with them. So congratulations to the Cougarettes, Cosmo, everybody involved in that. Pretty cool. Helping break 150 years of uh, stereotypes with Mormons. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And it took an animal to do it. How many lame caffeine jokes have we heard in reference to this video as well? Yeah, you put caffeine on campus in Provo, and this is what happens. Well, I've cracked a few lame of the James Brown shuffle that he does, though, every time, it's amazing. Amazing! And a perfect way to bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Shuffle it in. Three days and counting. 
from BYU's SEC showdown at 3-2 Mississippi State. Countdown to kickoff live at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday morning. Get your cowbells ready. Kalani Satake spoke on how he's working to get the 1-5 Cougars to focus in on Starkville. Obviously, we're going to scout them and we're preparing for them, but I think the focus this week is really on what we can do as a group and focusing on what we can really develop as, a, as an identity for us on offense, which I think will reflect on the rest of the group. BYU football with Kalani Satake last night in Studio C here at BYU Broadcasting. Happy 42nd birthday to Kalani yesterday as well. That's right, and uh, unfortunately, Mo Longy and Hanson Taniello uh, dipped their fingers and hands into the cake before everyone uh, got to taste it afterward, but... That was still fun. Mo Longy cake approved. <laughs> Men's golf finished fourth place uh, in fourth place. Jerry Payton National Intercollegiate. Patrick Fishburne, the top Cougar, finished tied for ninth at three under. Peter Quest for perfection finished tied for 12th at two under par. BYU women's golf competing in the University of Washington. Edine Elonfeld Invitational. The Cougars currently tied for second through two rounds. Round three just underway. Kendra Dalton leading the way. Solid hold on first place. She is eight under after two rounds. Wow. Six strokes ahead of second place. Well, then. And seventh-ranked women's volleyball, they prepare today to play tomorrow night against Portland in the Smithfield House, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Revised best-case scenario. We have spent... A lot of time talking about the historically rough start to BYU's football season in 2017. It is what it is. Five straight losses for the first time in 47 years. That's crazy. One in five for the first time in 44 years. Lavelle Edwards was young when that happened. He was in his second season as the head coach at BYU. He had a flat top. Five quarterbacks played in the first six games this season, I don't think that has ever happened in the annals of BYU football. It's pretty crazy. BYU started five different guys in 92. But, but not, not in the first but six. But not playing five in the first six. But the beauty of sports is improvement, to any degree, can heal wounds. So let's just for a moment try and think positively about what could be for BYU football the rest of the way, starting with our Twitter question. At this point, what's your best-case scenario for BYU's 2017 football season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At BHenson23. Play a lot better and win games so the next time my coworkers talk to me about BYU, it's about football and not the dancing mascot. (laughs) I happen to know that at BHenson23 works at Fox in L.A., Fox Sports. So, yeah, that's needed. Oh, in the heart of Pac-12 country, no less. Hey, at least you got an uh, awesome dancing mascot. There's one Pac-12 team there, right? Oh, in... See what I did there? Oh, yeah, yeah. One relevant one. There you go. What's the best-case scenario, Jerem? <sighs> the best-case scenario is you compete against Mississippi State. Define that. I don't know. And then you win the next six. That's the best case. Is that realistic? Yeah. I think it is. I think it is because our stat of the day is awesome. Mm. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Five of BYU's remaining seven games, including Mississippi State, Mm -hmm. are against teams ranked below 105 in the CBS Sports 1 through 130 rankings. That is below BYU, What is BYU in that? 
I think 104. So a bunch of teams that stink. BYU stinks too, but they stink more. Okay. Uh, BYU's going to get some wins. Okay. It's just a matter of whether it's five or six. If it's six in the final six, which is asking a lot, you can't, you can't rationally say, okay, a team that's lost six, win six in a row. That just sounds stupid. But that's going to be the task at hand for BYU because if they get seven wins, they're going to be bowl eligible. If they get six wins and they're six and seven, the academic progress rate comes into play. You're hoping that some bowl games need some teams generally that they do. It just gets sticky, okay? It gets weird. So realistically, compete against Mississippi State, win out. I think, I th- I think BYU can beat East Carolina, San Jose State, Fresno State, UNLV, UMass, Hawaii. Do I think BYU trips up at least once in there? Probably. And finish six and seven. Yeah. Now here is the benefit of BYU playing 13 games. If they win six, they're in the mix. They are in the mix. But they're not automatically go to a bowl game. But then other factors have to come into play there. The uh, academic ranking and all of that stuff. And I don't know what BYU is to be like, yeah, they'll be fine. I don't know. The APR, the academic performance rating or whatever it is, progress rating. Mm -hmm. So you think... Six and seven is likely best case scenario. Best seven case, and seven six, and six, with uh, a good showing of sorts against Mississippi. Yeah, State. and I don't know what that means. I know it means don't lose by twenty, because that's BYU's average margin of loss against uh, in all its losses. Yeah, we did the math against, this morning against FBS against teams. FBS competition. BYU was averaging a loss by twenty points. That's crazy. Okay, and these teams aren't even close to being as good as the teams BYU's played, like Utah State is the best team, um, better than all the teams BYU is going to play. BYU's closest loss was against the Utah Utes, a six-point setback, which feels like an eternity ago. And you're down 16 nothing in that game, right? And then you come back and make it close? So BYU's trailed by at least 16 in every FBS game. They More crazy stats, right? What? Historically rough start. My best-case scenario for BYU – with a hint of realism, is getting to a bowl game. And whether that means 6-7 and seven or 7-6, seven and six, I think it would be a major accomplishment given how bad the start has been to this season. It would feel amazing for BYU to get to a bowl game because of how things have developed early. It, it all plays into the storyline. It reminds me a little bit of 2010. Nailed it. BYU 1-4 start. Then they have... A week back half of the schedule, other than Utah and San Diego State. The Cougars beat a pretty good San Diego State team to get to 2-4. and four. Then they won the rest and lost to a ranked Utah team, 17-16, in Salt Lake City, and finished 6-6, six and six, went to a bowl game, and embarrassed UTEP. And it felt pretty good, right? Yes, and it was building towards the next year, okay? And you returned to that quarterback. It felt pretty good. Yeah, I, you nailed it on 2010. BYU hopes that 2010 happen, happens this year. You start rough, but you finish strong. Now, what happened in 2010 offensively? Jake Keeps was overthrowing everything out of bounds. So what did BYU do? They just ran the ball a ton. They just ran the ball a ton. Interesting. Don't be shocked if BYU's like gears down in the pass game and goes, Ugh, we're just going to cater to what we think is our number one strength offensively, which is, and Kalani Sataki keeps saying these two words, Ulatolutau. Is he the key to BYU going to a bowl game? Because J.J. Luigi and Brian Correa and these guys, they were the key. It wasn't throwing it deep to Ross Apple and Marcus Matthews, right? 
and those were good receivers. It just it just wasn't working. So do what works. You think that's running the ball. Mm. Kalani does. Kalani Kostaki thinks rushing the ball is the key to BYU's offensive identity. Get to a bowl game. I don't care who you have to beat or how bad the competition is. It will feel good because BYU has not experienced a win in football since August 26th. Is that a second stat of the day? I'm just kidding. Winning always feels good, okay? It's just how good. And it's just how good. As you pointed out with the stat of the day, five of BYU's remaining seven games are against teams ranked below the Cougars in CBS Sports 1 through 130 rankings. What's your best-case scenario, BYU Sports Nation? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At this point... Tell us your best-case scenario for BYU's 2017 football season at John Wingsgard. I just want to see them play better for an entire game, which I think is exactly what Kalani Sataki keeps saying. We just want to play well. Can we put together, like, a a pretty good game? This isn't the week to look for that. I know, and that's unfortunate. This is not the week to look for that. That's what stinks is because, like, okay, now let's, let's, let's flip the page now. You got to play in Starkville against a good Mississippi State team. In all likelihood, you take a step backward this week. You think BYU's within 17? Vegas doesn't. It's 22 and a half point underdog right now. If BYU was within that number, within 17, I would say, okay, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Like I, preseason, I never envisioned saying, hey, I'd be okay with that. That's a low standard. I don't like that. ESPN's Football Power Index has BYU projected to finish essentially 5 and 8 with a 0.2% chance of winning out because of the game at Mississippi State. Now, I will be interested to see what the chance of winning out percentage is after Mississippi State because of the drop in competition. Let's go through the next six just by win percentage. 71, 90, 30, 53, 81, 55. So BYU favored, if you will, to win in five of the next seven. And that you probably need six. So we'll see what happens. Keep the tweets coming. Use hashtag BYUSN. Coming up. Do you have an itch for Critch? We'll talk with Elder, I mean, Joe Critchlow coming up next. How did Jason Shepard convince you to do that? And the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell on a stat that you must know before the Mississippi State game. I need more cowbell. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio, this is BYU Sports Nation. Our conversation on the Twitter machine right now. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. We want more followers. Selfishly, just do it. Hashtag BYUSN when you want to converse with us. Countdown to kickoff is live Saturday at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, bright and early, man. If you're on the West Coast, 8 a.m. On BYU TV and the app, your boy Spencer Linton will be live from Stark Vegas, Mississippi, with Dave Blaine, Brian, David, back in Provo. It's going to be our best show this week, our best pregame show this week, rather, um, <laughs> on BYU TV coming up Saturday. I've never been to Mississippi. I'll probably cross the border and go into Alabama for the first time as well. I'm kind of excited yeah. to see a new part of the country. Yeah, that'll be great. Hopefully it's uh, celebrating some type of miraculous win. Are you going to bring back Cowbell for the set? Ooh, that's Should a- we do that? Absolutely. That'd be cool. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to invoke. A Hopefully, rule, it'll though, get reimbursed. But we need to invoke a rule though. You you can only use the cowbell at certain times in Studio B. I don't really want to use it. I'll be honest. But we have a whistle <laughs> I could use. It is college football's version of the vuvuzela. Okay, 
That's what it is. A little bit more tradition there. At this point, what is your best-case scenario for BYU's 2017 football season? At Twiggy or Stone says 6-6 six and six in a bowl game. BYU plays 13 games this season. So I'm wondering if he's thinking 6-7 six and seven or 7-6. Seven exactly. So it has to be one or the other. They continue. Anything else would mean they beat Mississippi State. I just do not see that happening. Yeah, there will be a bunch of wins in there. It's just how many. That's what I believe will happen. I would love to go to a bowl game. Bottom line. That'd be nice. That is the best Trust me, all the, all the wives are like, please, bowl game. Free swag, free trip. <laughs> Chris is they're the ones rooting for the bowl game the most. Joining us once again in Studio B, our good friend and radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebel. Congratulations, Greg. It was a successful Canadian Thanksgiving highlighted by the Calgary Flames, ending that abysmal streak on the road in Anaheim to the Ducks. Crazy 29 straight losses in the Honda Center. So weird. And tonight, Yarmir Yager makes his first appearance for the Calgary Flames. He'll play for the Flames for the first time ever tonight as they play the Kings in L.A. By the way, if you bring the cowbell back, just paint it blue. Just paint it white and blue. Just don't make – you can't put a Mississippi State cowbell on here. Right. So just do it upright. Well, we might put it over there like we do with Spuddy Buddy. But, yeah, you're right. We can paint it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've always liked Yarmir Yager because the first five letters of his name is my name. It's a good point. Yeah. And it also, if you, re, if you re- rearrange them, it uh, spells Mario Jr. And some people said, because he played with Mario for a long time. So there That's you go. cool. There you go. All right, so there's that. Um, <laughs> and, it's okay. and the Golden Knights at 3-0. That's awesome. Oddly. Uh, Starkville. I've uh, been there before, uh, 16 years ago. 2001. Yeah, BYU's undefeated in Starkville. You know? Yes, they are. 41-38 win. Thanks that was, to uh, that's one that that was a tremendous win and and the nine eleven second field goal scheduled yeah. right of course the yeah. uh, the sad note was uh, Luke Staley busted up his ankle in that uh, game and would not play again for BYU and that was it did Matt Payne kick that field goal yeah last second field goal to win it yeah. but uh, yeah the bummer was you're twelve and zero but you don't have your guy yeah. and BYU didn't win again without their guy okay we've been talking about uh, our Twitter question what's your best case scenario for BYU twenty seventeen football season what do you think at this point. Bowl game, bowl win. Yeah. Get to a bowl game, win it. How realistic is that at this juncture? Well, if you get to one and six, is a team that's is a team that is one and six good enough to get to seven and six becomes the question. But as you guys have covered, uh, you know, the back half of the schedule finds a lot of teams they're struggling even worse than BYU uh, empirically. So, you know, the shot's always there. But it, it does put a, a pretty – again, if you don't get the result in Starkville, it puts a pretty you know, definitive finish line to shoot for. That is win out. And the minute you don't, you then f- pile into those teams that are bowl ineligible unless some weird stuff happens with the APR at the end of the year. So, you know, getting seven wins is now the goal uh, for the season. You're at one. So it's, uh, it's, it's one down, six to go, and you've got seven games left. That's pretty simple at this point. But uh, getting to a bowl game and winning it, I guess, would be your best-case scenario. And uh, that's going to be the challenge in front of these guys. And, and I, you know, you, everyone would feel a lot better if there was a little more certainty at the QB spot. Because even back in 2010, we talk about 2010 some, mm-hmm. Christian Stewart really got it going. He, he became really quite an asset for BYU once he got things figured out. And, and you, you felt good with him back there. And right now, the quarterback situation is just a little too uncertain to feel really good about right now. Between health and inexperience, you just don't know week to week what you're going to get. Yeah, and in, in uh, 2014, yeah, BYU was 4-0. They lose four. They figured out. They beat Jared Goff, uh, you know, in the last game and keep Cal at a bowl game, which is odd. I mentioned 2010. I meant 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stewart. yeah, so, yeah. so then 2010, this reminds me of 2010. BYU's 1-4. They're not getting enough out of the quarterback spot. They're passing the ball inefficiently. It seemed like they went to more of a run game, run attacks, sim- simplified things. 
played less competition, got on a roll. The, I, I think BYU could get in that kind of situation. Yeah, the, the, the 2010 deal was was a Jake Heap season. And once mm-hmm. he got going, again, th- things were pretty well figured out. The 2014 thing, was which I was, was trying to reference, was that Christian Stewart came in. And, and again, there was, there was, there was uh, in both situations, 2010 and 2014, there was a solidified situation at QB. You felt pretty good about it. That it was at least heading in a good direction. And right now, there's just too much uncertainty at the spot. Tanner Mangum is the guy, as named by Ty Detmer, to right. start at Mississippi State. What, I mean, has, how much better can he be from one week to the next when he said he was roughly 60%, 70% with that ankle and, and now a week's time, but he, but he played on that ankle last week. Yeah, you're playing uh, every seven days and you're practicing ideally during the week. Uh, you know, you hope for no physical setbacks, a roll, a tweak. How much better can it get when you're playing as much as you're playing becomes the question. And then beyond that, um, if, there's, if, if there's ineffectiveness that is either health-related or just not playing well-related, I don't think BYU is going to be too hesitant to, to try something different. Uh, and, and, and I think that might be something, you know, that's one of the reasons Joe Critchlow is in the spot he is right now is because whether it's health or just general ineffectiveness, they need to have something else ready to go to. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter that, you know, Mangum's been kind of the heir apparent for like five years or something. Uh, you just need good play out of the quarterback. Yeah, this is kind of a tough spot to be thrown in for uh, Joe Critchlow against uh, an SEC team well, on if, the road. Presuming, right? I mean, that, that's if he gets if, in, if right? If he gets yeah. in. I'm expecting him to get in. Do you think he'll play? Um, it, again, if, t- if Tanner doesn't look right or isn't playing right, then we're going to see the other guy. Yeah, the leash is, is short, understandably, for a, a number of reasons. What scenarios need to play out on Saturday for this to be a competitive game? And you can define competitive, Greg. Uh, well, you know, Mississippi State is, uh, you know, just piling up the yards on the ground right now. Uh, they're averaging 250-plus. Wow. So they're capable of a big game. It's been, it's been years and years and years since BYU allowed a team to rush for 300 yards against them. But MSU is the kind of team that could do that against a team that's struggling. Uh, if, if you can keep Mississippi State, you know, under 200 yards rushing, the throw game's been okay, not great. doesn't have to be because Nick Fitzgerald is as good with his legs as he is throwing it. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's a huge play uh, you know, quarterback, and it's mostly on the ground that he does it. If, if they could keep the Bulldogs under 200, uh, I, I think they'd be, you know, at least uh, in the neighborhood of, of, of having a shot in this thing. Yeah. That means that BYU has to do something offensively. Mississippi State doesn't allow a high third-down conversion percentage. They hardly allow any first downs uh, against their – they're just – it's a solid, typical SEC team. And uh, the tools they have right now, especially at quarterback, are, are things that BYU doesn't have, uh, you know, uh, conversely. Yeah, Nick Fitzgerald, think Taysom Hill sophomore junior year. That's the kind of player he, he reminds me of. Uh, we, we do a cool thing about Canada. Let's end with that later. I want to do a stat that matters because you always bring the heat in the strike zone with the stats. So what do you have for us with this matchup? So during this five-game losing streak, uh, BYU's average starting field position average is minus 13.6 yards per game that means the average starting point for BYU drives is about 14 yards worse than the opposition's man that's that that's not sustainable you you can't you can't win that way what range do you want to be in well for just to give you an idea if BYU has any advantage whether it's one yard five yards 10 yards from 25 2005 to 2017 if BYU has the edge in average starting field position any kind of edge they won about 85 percent of their games whoa Bill Conley did a study of a recent FBS season when it, and so BYU's minus 13.6 on average the last five games. When a team is at 12 to 16 plus, their win rate's about 92%. <laughs> so you, you just aren't going to win with that kind of disadvantage. And so wow. BYU's got to flip that somehow, get it more manageable. Uh, they're, they're just not in a position right now, just from a field position standpoint, 
uh, to give themselves a real shot over the course of a game. So that number's really big. Minus 13.6 is a large number, and BYU's been minus in the margin in all five of these losses. To what uh, do you attribute that? Is it the lack of a return game? Is well, it's, it, the great thing about that stat is it's, it's not just special teams. It's affected by offense, defense, and special teams. If your offense is, is turning it over in a bad spot, that's a short field for the opposition. That's probably a lot of it. If right? your defense can't get off the field, that's going to affect things. Yeah. And if your special teams is not necessarily effective, whether via kickoffs or punts or in the return game, you're going to see. So really, I love that stat because it does encompass everything that happens in a football game. And it's kind of all zeroed in on uh, the position you are on the field and what you do with it. What's the most positive stat that is on the top of your mind right now? Uh, the Bulldogs aren't, aren't they're, they're not a disruptive defense right now relative to takeaways. Not a lot of takeaways for their defense. Now, they don't give it away much. They're very careful, but they're not one of those teams that's just racking up three and four picks or fumbles recovered per game. And BYU could use a little more ball security help right now. And, and so, uh, at least to this point, trending to the point where Mississippi State's been more opportunistic than uh, totally disruptive. It's like six and five games or something. It's, it's not a They have six and five games, and BYU is five and six games. Yeah, so they're both relatively BYU, in the similar, same neighborhood in yeah. terms of not terribly tenacious in terms of takeaways. And that was a lot of alliteration right there. <laughs> and tenacious D, Jack Black. <laughs> Do you have a fever for more cowbell? Always. And, you know, these Bulldogs are going to put their pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> only difference is. Only difference is. <laughs> they make okay. gold first yeah. downs. Now the aforementioned... Cool thing about Canada for this week, Greg. So, uh, we're, 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 we're talking money today. Did you know the, the, the smallest denomination of a bill in Canada is the five? Really? Okay. There's no ones, too? No, because they're, they're all coins now. $1 coins, $2 coins. So, no, there's no $1 or $2 bills in circulation anymore. The smallest bills are five. Smallest coin is a nickel. No pennies either. Oh. But that's not the cool thing about Canada. Oh. This is the uh, back to the, uh, back to the deal. <laughs> Back to the picture. We're going to get okay. Go. money's so back up. This is two $5 bills ago. So this isn't the most recent five. This is the back of the second most recent five. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that a nice scene? Look at that. The kids, <laughs> the, the kids skating. The kids Dad on, holding his son's hand. The kids hand. on the toboggan, and, and, yeah. they're, and they're playing hockey. Yeah. So, and, and you can see there in small print, there's a quote there. Not the specimen word, but there's, oh, a, yeah, there's there a quote is. there. Under the snowflake. And, and the quote is, uh, is, is, is from a uh, famous French-Canadian author of short stories, Rock Carrier. He wrote a famous Canadian short story called The Hockey Sweater. And this is a quote uh, from one of, one of the lines in the hockey sweater. And it's on the dollar bill, the $5 bill. Here it is. The winters of my childhood were long, long seasons. We lived in three places, the school, the church, and the skating rink. But our real life was on the skating rink. It's <laughs> <laughs> on the $5 bill. Yeah. That is a cool thing about Canada. All right. What would we put on our money? If, if you made a new currency or a new dollar bill for america what what would be on the back of it i wonder something more traditional like more new the modern 2017 like u.s men's soccer oh, team Jim, photo. don't do it <laughs> don't don't do it are you depressed about that by the way greg it's uh it's unfathomable as a dual now dual citizen, from where soccer from, from where soccer was in 86 last time they missed to where it is now 30 years later the progress that's been made to be oh. back at that spot I can't, I, can't, I can't conceive of it. Yeah, Bob Lee last night, ESPN commentator, said the, what happened last night at Team USA Soccer made the Hindenburg seem like a soft landing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but if the U.S. can miss the World Cup, can BYU not be Mississippi State? That's what I say. That, hey, okay. There you go. Let's go. Yeah. One Let's of those go. weeks. Small, one of those weeks. Small dose of hope there. there go. Greg, thanks for the time, man. Always. See you next Wednesday. You got it, brother. Okay. More All poems. Right. That's what I said. <laughs>
And watch behind the mic with Greg Rebell tonight, by the Don't way. Don't watch oh, yeah. it. Just listen to it. I mean, listen. If you try to watch listen. it, you're going to be really disappointed. Yeah, you're going to be bummed. Behind the mic. You're used to sitting at the radio going, I don't see a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just Coming listen. up. Just listen. BYU basketball is a schematic change. Is it a big deal? Plus our two-on-one with BYU backup quarterback Joe Critchlow. It happens next. Elder Critchlow. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. You can watch us on BYU TV. You cannot watch us on BYU Radio. This is true. Just listen on BYU Radio, as you should to Greg Rebell behind the mic tonight. 8 Eastern time. Uh, Seventh-ranked BYU women's volleyball is in action tomorrow night against the Portlandia Pilots at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. Check it out. They're really good. and one they're really good at that sport. Which is not a new thing for Heather Olmstead. They have as many losses as BYU football has wins. Wow. Weird, right? <laughs> but good for women's volleyball. BYU women's volleyball has not lost a conference match at home since 2011. Since 1943. Since 2011. That's pretty crazy. That's quite the streak. A conference match at home. Since oh, because they lost to Washington and Utah, and that's it, right? That's it. In the last, those are non-conference. The last six years, we wish those were conference matches. They're not. It's incredible. Yeah. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines: Cougar football, three days away from that SEC showdown with three and two Mississippi State countdown to kickoff live at eleven Eastern on Saturday morning. How does Kalani feel about the team's focus? Obviously, we're going to scout them and we're preparing for them. But I think the focus this week is really on what we can do as a group and focusing on what we can really develop as, a, as an identity for us on offense, which I think will reflect on the rest of the group. Find an identity. Make a miracle happen. Let's go. It would be a miracle. Let's go. To win there. And miracles do happen. Men's golf finished in fourth place at the Jerry Payton National Intercollegiate. Patrick Fishburne was the top Cougar, finishing tied for ninth at three under par. Peter Quest for perfection tied uh, for 12th at two under. That team ranked 21st. How about that? Lee. BYU women's golf competing in the University of Washington, Edean, Elon Felt Invitational. The Cougs currently in third through two rounds. Round three, underway. BYU shooting even par thus far. Kendra Dalton is in first place by a long way. Six strokes ahead of second place. She's eight under right now. And as mentioned, the seventh-ranked women's volleyball team in action tomorrow night against Portland 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Yeah, let's just go ahead and keep winning those conference games at home, huh? Ballers. The most popular guy on campus at BYU often is the backup quarterback, right? Oh, you were I referencing thought it was you. me? Yeah, you. No, no. You're the most popular. That is not true. Not You're even on close. Campus, man. Right now, the backup quarterback, as of the game notes this week, is one Joe Critchlow. As of from Nashville, there. Tennessee. We'll have some family and friends making the four-and-a-half-hour-ish drive down from the Nashville area to Starkville, Mississippi. Will we see him play? If so, how much? It kind of seems like that, right? Here's our two-on-one with the new most popular guy on BYU's campus, Joe Critchlow. Joe, I can imagine that you, you didn't envision things happening this way, but then again, when does life ever kind of turn out like we, we thought it really would? You're the backup guy now, and, and you've, your redshirt year is not happening anymore. How, how are you feeling at this point? Uh, at this point. Obviously, you are right. I didn't anticipate being in the position I am right now, but um, opportunities change and, and come, and I'm happy to, be, happy to be where I am right now. Um, I'm willing to do anything I can to, to help the team if I'm needed. 
So tell us how you got here, because I know there's uh, you know a mission and SU and Vanderbilt and whatnot. Just what, what's the story in like a minute? So just very briefly, um, I always pictured that I would stay in the South around where I'm from. There were a lot of schools that showed a lot of interest growing up, but um, at an early, before my junior year, I decided that I was going to serve a mission for the church, and um, that built some complications with some schools down south. It was, I mean, understandably, it was kind of a, a unique situation for them. And a lot of schools out west, out here, really understood more fully the, the mission and what that entailed. And so I originally signed with Southern Utah for Coach Lamb. A great man. He's always, he's always had my back. And then when he came here, I, I really had the desire to, to follow him and to come to BYU. I've always wanted to, to play for BYU. This is a it's a wonderful place, and I'm really happy to be here. What schools were in the mix during your high school years? We know about Vanderbilt, and we've heard rumors of Georgia. So walk us through what that was all about. That was all about. Um, obviously, varying with different levels of interest. There are a lot of different schools like Virginia, Wake Forest, Georgia, Vanderbilt, and then a lot of FCS schools as well. Um, I My name was out there. It was, it was an interesting process being <laughs> recruited, but... I, I'm really happy with where I ended up here. Ed Lamb, if I'm uh, correct, said he found you actually at a BYU camp. Is that right? Yes, yes. I came to B- two BYU camps here before my sophomore year and before my junior year. And Coach Lamb happened to be at one. So I guess all the, the stars aligned, ended up getting my shot at Southern Utah, which translated to, to me coming here. You get your first series as a BYU quarterback. It happens late in the Boise State game, but you get to sling it around a little bit. What was that like? Obviously, the nerves were, were there. It was a, a unique situation. The speed's a lot different, and it's been a long time since I've, I've been on the field playing, playing football. But It was 1,064 days. I, I, I got from your boy, Seth Killingman. I got the last <laughs> playoff game you played. Yes, that's true. It's a long time, but it was, it was exciting. I, I loved being out there. It, I didn't feel as, as nervous as I thought I would. I I obviously I thought I could have done a little bit better, but it felt good to to finally get started, and I'm anxious to get some more reps in for sure. Did you think you might go in against Utah State potentially? Did you warm up thinking that was a possibility? It was maybe a possibility. I I hadn't taken before that time. The plan was that I would would redshirt, so I didn't get too many reps with the first team. Um, but there was still a slight possibility that I could go in. But I'm I'm really happy with how it ended up playing out. That. I got a, a good week's practice before I finally got on the field. Are you okay with all of this? You know, with with the red shirt thing not happening, and yeah, like what? What? Are, how do you feel about all that? How do I feel about it? Um, I had some mixed emotions, but I I met with with Coach Detmer, and the coaches have been really good at being transparent and talking with me and what the plan is. And and honestly, if if the team needs me, I'm that's why I'm here. I'm I'm not here to to prepare. I'm here to make an impact when I can, and I'm excited to to do so. Do you have a nickname we could use for you? Ooh, I've had I've had several over the years. I don't know if any you like. Nothing, nothing that has stuck. Um, I was called Critch a lot in high school. Um, the Stormin' Mormon, obviously, because I was the only Mormon uh, <laughs> around. Um, I, obviously, Ginger's a classic as well. But I'm fine with anything. That nothing has really has really stuck yet. Okay. We have some work to do is what I guess. Yes, gather. we yeah, do. Yeah. In but fact, yeah. we might have to put that out to the social media masses yeah. to help us oh, okay. come yeah, up with just sure the can. right name. <laughs> just the right name. Uh, Mississippi State, when you watch them on film with Tanner Mangum as now as the backup, uh, what do they do defensively that uh, you're noticing on film that's going to try and slow down BYU? Mm-hmm. Well, Mississippi State, they definitely have a lot of great athletes on the defensive side of the ball. 
and they have really talented cornerbacks, and so they like to play a lot of man-to-man, especially on the outside. And I, I really do have some confidence in our receiving core, and I think that we can win a lot of those matchups. But I think that the scheme that we've put together for this week is, is pretty good. And no matter who's in there or, or the personnel, I think, I think we'll be able to put a good product on the field. Are you expecting to play Saturday? I, I always prepare like I'm expecting to play. You kind of have to be, right? Exactly, because you can get thrown in there, as we can see like last week. But I, I'm going to prepare as, as if I will be playing. But I don't know. That's the coach's decision on what will happen. Nashville's only four hours or so away from Starkville, so what kind of reception do you expect from family and friends at Mississippi State? Well, even before the season, my family was, was planning on coming down to Starkville. They don't have the opportunity to come to too many games, but I know that there are a lot of people back at home that are excited and they're going to make the trip down to, down to Starkville. It's an incredible environment. It's, it's really a great experience to be able to play in SEC country. That's where all of my friends go to school is, is down south, so... It's really going to be really cool to go back close to home. Do you like the sound of cowbell? Oof, I don't know. <laughs> I, I could say that I do like it a little bit now, but I don't know if I will like it after yeah. this weekend, yeah. personally. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's the SEC's version of a Vuvuzela, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, unfortunately. Joe, it's great to talk to you, and let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for uh, your approaching uh, field time, man. Good luck, Saturday. Oh, Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You got it. Joe Critchlow, the BYU backup quarterback, as of this week, officially on the game notes. If Tanner Mangum is not looking right, not playing well, he's going to play in front of his family and friends in Starkville. I can't imagine being put into that position three and a half months after a mission. Ask Tanner Mangum about that at Nebraska. Yeah. Well, if Joe can just throw it deep into the end zone, that's Let a different than go up hat- and grab it. Yeah. Like, like Boise State. Um, you know, there were precision throws that had to happen, two of which were deep down the field, and but the raw arm strength was there for Tanner Mangum, right? Joe Critchlow apparently has a really good arm, according to Ty Demmer. So it, it just stinks that BYU's having to put these guys that were on a mission a year ago on the field. It's not ideal. And rely heavily and on rel- them. Yeah. Ulutolutau, Kairos Tonga, Matt Bushman, now Joe Critchlow is the backup, burning a red shirt. He had mixed emotions, he said about it, because he wasn't expecting to play this year. But here he is, probably in a position to play. At this point, what is your best-case scenario for BYU's 2017 football season at Wilkerson underscore Gene says, just win on my way to Starkville. <laughs> Dedication. Dedication, absolutely. The USA isn't going to the World Cup, and I'm not happy about it. We're going to talk about it. Hey, thanks for that, Jerem. Actually, we're not. Plus, big deal, no deal. A bulldog winning streak for BYU. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day play-by-play of BYU Sports. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Sharp. After further review was on last night. Don't worry if you missed it. It's on the app or it's coming up on BYU TV at 1 Eastern time right after the morning edition of BYU Sports Nation. At this point, what is your best-case scenario for BYU's 2017 football season? Perhaps you need some blue goggles to even think about that. At R. Scott Earl, winning out, but from a more realistic standpoint, win five more with a strong streak to finish. Getting to 6-7 and seven and then being on the fringe of perhaps sneaking in the back door to a bowl game? I'd rather BYU be 7-6. and six. And this was and not the, have to worry about that. And this was the year where BYU doesn't isn't locked into a bowl game of 
side note. Interesting how that works out, right? Yeah. Time that we play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. You know the drill. We got to pick one or the other. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Six of BYU's final seven games are against teams ranked below 95th in the CBS 1 through 130 rankings. It's a big deal because BYU's trying to win games. And guess what? Those teams stink like BYU stinks right now. So those will be better matchups than they have been. It's a huge deal because BYU has a chance to still go bowling amazingly. One in five. And go bowling in the world. Looking down the barrel at one in six. And BYU, because of the way the schedule shakes out, has a chance to go to a bowl game. This is a big deal, 100%. Well, it became a bigger deal when BYU went 1-5. and five. Yeah. Number two. If you're looking for hope, here's more for you. Big deal, no deal. BYU's won two straight versus Mississippi State. <sighs> if Brandon Doman, Luke Staley, Taysom Hill, and or Jamal Williams were on the rosters, I would feel great about this, but it is no deal. Isn't it interesting how... The parallels of 2009 losing Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, and Harvey Unga made things tough in 2010, and losing Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams had made things tough in 2017. The good news is you have all-timers. The bad news is they leave. So while it's great that BYU has won two straight and have a winning record against Mississippi State. That's cool. It has no impact on this year's game. Vegas thinks that's 22 (laughs) points of deficit cool. (laughs) No deal. BYU a huge underdog, even though they have a winning record against the Bulldogs. Number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU hoops undergoing an identity change. No deal. I need to see it on the court, and I need to see it produce wins. Uh, we've talked about this. Talk is cheap. Let's see some action. We are seeing action in practice, first time Monday, which is great. Let's see it in games and meaningful games where BYU actually gets more stops on defense and values possession. What are the two things I screamed uh, last year? Good teams do two things. They play defense and value the ball, and BYU's doing that. Oh, Heath Troyer is my homeboy. What's Interesting. up? Interesting. Uh, also, good football teams seem to do those things as well. Jared. Run the rock and play defense. Yeah. yeah. Value possession. I so much want to say this is a big deal that BYU basketball is undergoing an identity change. They went underwent an identity change <laughs> last year, and it, and it didn't work out. So I'm with Jerem. I've, I've got to see it on the floor. I love to hear about it. Makes me optimistic about what BYU is going to do this season, and expectations are low because of what happened last year. Yeah. So it's... Mentally, I'm in a good place with BYU basketball. I want to see this become a big deal and an actual identity change take place in the form of winning more basketball games. Let's keep the excitement rolling, Jerem, because basketball is one day closer. Countdown to the Delta Devils. 31 days. I'm actually excited about this. One month. Because we didn't have to do it for like 240 days. Do it for like 30-something. Now, the irony of this countdown is we started the countdown to Connecticut in 2014. December of 2013. So it was was either December of 2013 or January of 2014. Early January. Because basketball had lost four in a row and they were struggling. So we're like, this stinks. We need something to look forward to. Basketball's not doing it. So we started the countdown to football. 
Now it has come full circle. <laughs> I'm just so sad right now. Joey's one in five. The U.S. The U.S. Not is out of the, the World, World Cup. Cup. My life stinks. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> Thirty-one days to basketball. Oh, full circle. Number four. This one's for Jerem. Lift your chin up, buddy. Big deal, no deal. Having four. Count them four nationally ranked teams on campus. All right, all right. That is very cool. I'm going to go no deal, though, because I'm just too bummed oh. about, about one in five in the U.S. <laughs> it is great for those uh, schools, and BYU is very underrated at its other sports, which we cover more than anybody else on BYU TV. I'm going to say this is a big deal because we need something positive now more than ever. It's not really doing it for me, though, even though they're, like, cross-country being ranked in both. I mean, I love it. I'm first one. I ran cross-country in high school. It's not doing it for It's not, like, one-to-one for the football team being one in five. Women's volleyball is ranked seventh in the country. They could host a regional, Jerem. They could host all the way with a shot to get to the final four again. They're legit. They're fun to watch. I saw them play a road game this year. That's how much I love the women's volleyball team. Bumped into them in San Francisco. And number five. Last one, curveball. Big deal, bigger deal, or biggest deal. Whoa. Sylvester Stallone announcing he will direct Creed 2. Okay. The Star Wars trailer. Mm-hmm. Or the announcement of a new Rush Hour 4. Oh, can I go first on this one, Jerem? Go ahead. You already know my answer. Rush Hour 4 is the biggest deal. I love me some Rush Hour. Okay? Hogwash! I haven't seen Creed 1. What? <laughs> it's not called Creed 1. It's called Creed. I know. I haven't seen it. Rent it. It's really good. Okay, I know. It's like the third best Rocky. <laughs> and I still haven't seen the Star Wars trailer. <laughs> 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 We're busy doing stuff. <laughs> Star Wars trailer, obviously. Jerem's <laughs> out. Jerem's out for the rest of the show. Rush Hour 4, biggest deal. I love Chris Tucker, man. At this point, what is your best-case scenario for BYU's 2017 football season? At uh, JKBYU01, JK, make a bowl game and give us hope for next year, especially the offense and knowing if we have a quarterback going forward. Our elite tweet of the day coming up. Jerem, come back, man! <laughs> Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guests, Greg Rebell and Joe Critchlow. Critchlow! If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. You're back! I'm back. Coming up this week, Brian Billick, Sione Taki Taki, and Dennis Pitta. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Three days away from BYU and 3 and 2 Mississippi State. Countdown to kickoffs live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time Saturday morning. Radio coverage, by the way, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on BYU Radio. Golf. The 21st-ranked BYU men's team finished fourth at the Jerry Pate National Intercollegiate. Patrick Fishburne, the top Cougar, 
Finished tied for ninth at three under par. Peter Quest tied for 12th at two under par. Women's team competing at the University of Washington, Edine Elon Feld Invitational. The Cougars currently in third through two and a half rounds, around three underway. BYU shooting uh, three over so far in three rounds. Kendra Dalton still in first place, seven under. A five-stroke lead on second place. Nice. Volleyball. Seventh-ranked BYU hosts Portland tomorrow in the Smithfield House. They haven't lost to a conference foe in that building since 2011. Nine Eastern live on BYU TV. Tennis. Women's team competes in the four-day ITA regionals today. The tournament hosted by that team up north. Uh, Eight members of BYU will represent the Y. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. If you need the most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? I don't know. There's a lot of depression happening there's, right now. There's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Uh, Kendra Dalton is uh Kendra Dalton's runner. crushing it. Let's yep. give it to Kendra okay. Dalton. Okay. Normally I just know, but right now it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's just, I didn't help you by not seeing Creed and... Uh, no, that's that's all right. Not having watched the Star Wars trailer. That yet. probably pushed me over. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Team USA that's really getting me, though, I'll be honest. Oh, five years until they can play in another World Cup. Oh. At this point, what is your best-case scenario for 1-5 BYU in the 2017 football season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At Loyal to the Royal, this is for you, Jerem. The best-case scenario is BYU pulling a Trinidad and Tobago and shocking the world by beating Mississippi State, realistically going 7-6. and six. Let's wet down the field quite a bit, then. <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> so sad. I'm so sad. Are I, you... I was fine earlier. Now I'm just like bummed. Oh, Goodness. Our, our elite tweet of the day from at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94. <laughs> Go to a bowl game and win, but really just make it to a bowl game. Yeah. Please. It would also be nice if a quarterback survives to play in it. Oh, boy. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Alvin Daly. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at New Year's. Who are you rooting for in the World Cup now, Jerem? Probably Brazil. Classic RM move. Okay. I can get down South with that. Korea for you? Yeah.